are tuned in to The Go Show, the official podcast of Andy Go, owner and founder of Gojo Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm your host, Andy Go. You could be listening to any podcast in the world, but you're right here with me, and I appreciate that. My name is Andy Go. This is the Go Show, the official podcast of me, Andy Go, and Gojo Studios. Thank you so much for tuning in. So, quick episode today, nothing too heavy or crazy. I think we took care of uh, all the heavy lifting uh, earlier in the week when we talked to uh, DeMarco Blair, Justin LaFrancois, and Shelly Rogier about uh, their interaction during the uh, Black Lives Matter protests here in Uptown Charlotte. So um, all I want to do today is actually just shout out uh, a lot of my clients that have been doing fantastic work so far, uh, not only this week, but all during the COVID-19 pandemic uh, to adjust um just everything that they're doing, but also incorporate this podcast and this new medium into the mix as well. And uh, right now uh, is a great time to be podcasting, of course, because it's something that we can do remotely. We can social social distance while we do it. And uh, it's still a platform that has great potential for communication. So uh, I'm just going to, I really just want to spend a little bit of time here today to shout out my uh, clients and then we'll get back to it uh, next week. Oh, and when I say next week, I mean next Friday. I'm going to try to stick to this every Friday schedule from here on out. As you can see, though, uh, if I do have something that I come across that I do want to get out there um, uh, off of that schedule, I'll put it out there. No problem. But uh, I do like Fridays. Fridays are always a fun day to me, uh, even though I work for myself and every day is pretty much kind of the same. Uh, you know, Fridays going into the weekend, it always is a special feeling. So I'm going to stick with the Friday release schedule for now. Uh, but who knows? We may switch it up in the future. Okay, so the first project that I want to shout out is the Biscuit CLT podcast that, of course, is uh, published by Charlotte is Creative, uh, Matt Olin and Tim Miner, better known to uh, many of y'all as the brains behind Creative Mornings Charlotte. Uh, they played a key role in making the Black Lives Matter mural happen on South Tryon Street. And we published a podcast on the Biscuit CLT podcast uh, uh, that took us on the ground. I actually went onto the ground myself with uh, my recording gear and talked to many of the artists, the organizers, and even some, uh, some of the bystanders as well. So that was uh, a really fun, great time to be a part of. I think I really missed seeing all my friends, all my uh, artists, creative uh, people that I know, and having that energy that uh, that that we haven't had because of all the COVID restrictions uh, of having people in, in one place. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, you definitely should. I actually heard just about an hour before I recorded this that uh, they are closing off South Tryon Street uh, between 3rd and 4th Street where the Black Lives Matter mural is. Uh, for now, hopefully through the weekend, I'm not exactly sure how long I only saw a tweet. haven't really uh, looked into it too much, but if you haven't uh, checked out the black lives matter mural in uptown, do yourself a favor, check it out. It's really unique. All the, uh, great artwork, uh, from all the very unique and talented artists here in Charlotte is on display. And this project really happened in, uh, under 72 hours. That's for sure. So, uh, check out the biscuit CLT podcast, subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. 
This clip here is me interviewing Dammit Wesley of Black Market CLT. Dammit Wesley, along with Sam Guzzi of Brand the Moth, were the two artists who really were responsible for collecting and, and organizing the artists that did each of the letters. So uh, Dammit Wesley is a great visual artist who's been doing a lot of work here in town. Uh, a lot of social, uh, a lot of social justice issues brought up by his artwork. So uh, here's him talking about uh, if he sees hope for uh, the future because of the past couple weeks events. Yeah. All right, so there's more resources now. There's more people able to devote their time. There's more, you know, uh, attention towards the subject. Do you, are, how hopeful are you that that's gonna result in the change that you wanna see? Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful that, that that change is gonna happen. You know, I, I can, you know, I can foresee, I can foresee police budget starting to shrink. I'm not expecting everything to happen all at once. Um, you know, it would be nice to see that, but you know, things like this are gonna take time, but I am excited about this new world that we're walking into. Like at first it's really scary. Oh my God, we can't touch anybody, COVID, we're all gonna die. But now we're getting to a place where like people are willing to um, work on this quote unquote social contract that we have to all be better individuals, hopefully. If not, you know, we'll burn your house down. You know, some of the work I'm most proud of is the work that I do with United Methodist Church uh, here in Charlotte. Uh, and I consider myself an agnostic. I've, I've, I've really never been to church all that often. And it's just not something that's a big part of my life, not in the organized uh, religious sense. So um, working with uh, the church and with the Methodists has been a new experience for me. And I'll have to say that I I, I continue to be impressed by uh, the ways in which they approach the issues that are facing them today and, and make no doubt about it. The Methodist Church has a lot of um, really existential issues that it's looking at from all over the place. And uh, in the past week, they've really taken a look at the church's role in perpetuating uh, systemic racism and what the church should be there for and how it can better reflect that. And that's really powerful stuff. I mean, the church is, is obviously a big institution. It's not one that changes often or quickly. And uh, you can hear it in their words that they are really um, taking a long, hard look at who they are and what they can do to better represent the mission that I really feel that uh, the people that I know that I work with at, at, at the church uh, all believe in, uh, you know, with every bit of themselves. So um, check out. So there's two podcasts that I would check out. There is the first one that you're going to hear, which is uh, Metro District, Metro District Sights and Sounds, which is uh, one of the districts in uh, the uh, structure of the Methodist Church. And then the next one is going to be from uh, Means of Grace from the Western North Carolina Conference of the United Methodist Church. Uh, this first podcast is the or this first clip, I should say, is Dr. Stephanie Morehand uh, of the Metro District Conference speaking about her experiences over the past week uh, of protests of shifting. And um, actually, we have to stay right here and sit in it and lament in it and struggle with it. I've had numerous of, of our, my colleagues and friends who happen to be Anglo um, in tears. Um, they don't they're saying we don't know what to do. Um, and they're calling the check on me um, and my family. Uh, 
and it's been difficult. It's been difficult. I have a 17 year old son, a beautiful black son. Um, and he really believes, he really believes because this is what we taught him that if you do the right thing, good things will happen, but it doesn't work that way in this America. And, um, I wanted to just stay in my bed Tuesday night, Wednesday morning and say the heck with this. Um, but God wouldn't leave me alone. And so, uh, I, although I'm tired of talking about it, uh, we have to press our way forward and talk about it because we have to unearth the sin. We have to unearth the filth um, that's not only in the world, in America, and in the church. As um, Dr. Fazima mentioned, uh, this has been in the fabric of the church for over 400 years. And so we, the remnant, if you will, are called to do better. Also with the United Methodist Church is the Western North Carolina Conference of the United Methodist Church, and they have been hit by the COVID crisis just like everybody else. Here, you're going to hear from Reverend Chris Mayers about how they're adapting summer missions to the COVID-19 crisis. The podcast is called Means of Grace. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Means of Grace. Well, and I think this is a great time to really make sure we're listening to what our mission partners need. With so many changes and needs happening because of COVID-19, yeah, they may simply just need the resources that we would have spent on a trip whether, you know, it's airfare costs or food costs or what have you, those funds may be better used for them to meet the needs of the local um, community, for um, skilled workers in their area who are out of work to be hired to do the work that volunteer, perhaps unskilled (laughs) participants on a mission journey would have um, come and participated in. It, It could be a whole lot of things, but I think really listening to what is the need now, the need of uh, communicated when the original trip was planned may be drastically different now. And so keeping those lines of communication open and not just between those who are planning the mission experience and the mission partners, but communicating those changes of need to the congregation that's supporting folks too, letting them know just because our trip has been canceled or postponed does not mean that the work is not happening still. And here's what's happening now. And here's how we can continue to partner with them, even though we're not going there. I think those are important conversations to have with the mission partners and with the local, the local church. Really want to shout out Stacy Brown Randall too. Stacy's been with me for a long time since before I actually jumped into doing uh, this work full time. And uh, she is a fantastic uh, small business coach, entrepreneur coach, and her podcast, Roadmap to Grow 
your business is a fantastic source of information about how to get referrals, how to retain clients, how to make sure that your clients have a great sticky experience, as she likes to as she likes to say. And she is adept at being able to adjust with whatever's going on. So no doubt she's been able to uh, digest what's happening here with COVID and give you some great information in return. So check out the Roadmap to Grow Your Business podcast. Okay, number two is setbacks. Setbacks is really when you look at it and you you kind of look at it from this perspective of you're probably going to miss or you have missed some months in terms of metrics that you were trying to hit. Maybe your metrics are going to be off not just for a month or two, but maybe for a quarter or maybe for an entire year. So the metrics that you are using as your like your KPI, your your key performance indicators within your business, maybe that's revenue, maybe it's number of new clients brought on, maybe it's number of reoccurring clients that you maintained. There's this idea that you're going to probably miss some of those metrics. You're not going to hit them all the way you had anticipated and maybe the way you were projecting when we were all hanging out in March before all this had started for us. Maybe your business is actually moving at a much slower pace than you kind of would have been able to anticipate, right? So you've missed some metrics, whether it's missing months or quarter or quarters or the whole year will now be off base. You're moving at a slower pace. You may have felt and you may still feel like there's this hunker down um, kind of happening in your world. Um, just in terms of some of the choices and decisions that you're having to make. and Or you could also feel like you're just kind of treading water. You're just kind of staying in one place and treading water. But what's different between setbacks and adjustments is that this like moving forward doesn't feel as positive. Like in setbacks, you may very well continue to move forward, but you've been doing some adjustments, right? Excuse me. You've been, you, you know, you're moving at a slower pace. You know that you're maybe hunkering down, you're treading water, or you're going to miss these metrics that is actually going to impact the year you have at the end of 2020, right? So it's going to have a, a, a negative impact. Even if you can make up for it later in the fall or in the winter, it's going to have a negative impact. You're going to, your business will experience a setback. It's not going out of business. It's just experiencing a setback because you're just dealing with what is. Right. I've gotten a lot of compliments on the design of my podcast artwork and uh, my website as well, gojostudios.com. And the person that y'all really need to be thanking for that is a guy named Jack Osa. Jack is a client of mine and he is also an architecture and design and branding professional here in Charlotte. He, uh, he, he, he used to work for uh, larger firms like Gensler, but he's actually had his own practice now for about three years and he is just doing a fantastic job uh, uh, making the business, making the life that he wants to lead. And uh, his podcast is called The Power of Design Podcast. So uh, if you're into local um, local uh, commercial real estate, local architecture, local design, that's who he's talking to uh, here in the city of Charlotte. He's talking to uh, the people uh, creating new buildings, thinking of new buildings and making the deals happen to uh, make those buildings come to life. So if you're interested in the buildings that are coming up, Around here in Charlotte, check out the Power of Design podcast. Here's Jack talking to Adam Williams of Legacy Real Estate Advisors. There are many places where you can eat something very similar, but if the brand it's well developed, they can charge you ten times for that same amount of food or type of food, and and you'll pay it just because how you feel when you're in there. And that, that's that's one of the things that um. I love to learn and explore always about brands and is how brands drive our behavior and in things that we care about, like spending our money. 
And sometimes like luxury brands, you know, could be for anything, clothing or cars or anything. There are some things that we 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 look at a brand or we see a brand that we like and we we even say, oh, I love this brand or I love this. Like it's like a very strong <laughs> feeling toward it. And then if it costs more, oh, I don't care. I'll pay for it. You know, um, and there are many restaurants where you feel like that, that you, you're going to pay more, but you're like, I mean, how I feel when I'm there. And I'm paying for that. And that goes to, we pay for experiences. We buy experiences. We buy how things make us feel. And and visiting a restaurant, like, that's like the full immersive experience because you're looking at things, you know, all your senses are in there. And now even the food is even more because it's just going to elevate that experience. I'd say that there's a very, very compelling reason why a group like restoration hardware is spending millions and millions of dollars putting high-end restaurants in their uh in their establishments if you haven't been to a new rh it's it's a it's a heck of an experience now am i jumping up and down to spend fifteen thousand dollars on a couch maybe not but there there's a reason to your point that they are that they are adding that experiential restaurant feel to their uh, to their offerings because it is an inspirational and an aspirational experience, and I, I think that you know live beautifully is is kind of a, a cliche, but but it matters to people that are willing to go out and spend money on a nice bottle of wine and a, and a really well prepared uh, meal that that has the the right uh, experience behind it, and, and I think that 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 carries over to the brand in a big way you've got some really really talented branding people in charlotte that i think their work is is would translate into into other markets um that that are taking that very very seriously and and, and you can see that um i love it i love it. it's again it's a kind of another leg on uh, of the stool for me I, I love being excited about a restaurant the first time that I that I see a, a, a picture of it on Instagram or first time I see, um, you know, their tagline or even their colors, their logo. I mean, I, I think that, you know, the same passion that, that goes into a logo design and a menu design is going to carry over into other parts of the restaurant. So but I'm a nerd, like I get super excited about all that stuff. So I'm I'm, I'm a little bit of an outlier, but but I think it all matters. What would you say if the whole world was listening? That's a question that only you can answer, but how you do that may not be. If you've been sitting on a killer podcast idea or need to share your stories with a passionate community, now's the time to launch your podcast. Gojo Studios serves clients of all sizes who not only want to take advantage of a growing medium, but want to do it well. Visit gojostudios.com for more information or email Andy at andy at gojo.com. Thanks for listening. Also want to shout out Ashley George and Lindsay Kingdon. Ashley and Lindsay have a podcast called the Well Nourished Podcast. Now, uh, for the past couple of years, they've built a, a strong following uh, on blogs and Instagram, talking about parenting, uh, healthy, nutritious lifestyles, uh, working out 
and uh, and those types of things. And now they're getting into the podcast realm too. So uh, check out Well Nourished, the Well Nourished podcast. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Sometimes with anxiety comes some depression feelings too, you know, eventually. And it's like, that makes you feel really blah. And like, I don't really want to work out or I feel terrible about myself or whatever. So I think the stuff that you've posted and worked on is really good and inspiring for people to see. Um, and it's not like I, you're doing it all for like a vain reason. You're doing it for no. Like I, because I, and this is Wildlands that weekend, I was like, I do not want to feel like this going into week two, three. And I know so many other moms probably feel this way right now too. Um, so I sat down and I was like, what can I do to help other moms through my platform and truly thought about it. And I was like, for me personally, my routine was way off, right? Like we had to create kind of a new normal and I, I know some people hate us <laughs> saying the new normal, but in our house, that's really what it had to come down to. Yeah. You know, two of my friends over at Digital Charlotte at Queens University have been doing some really important work uh, for many years now in the interest of bridging the digital divide. And I'm talking about Bruce Clark and Andrew Al over at Digital Charlotte at uh, at Queens University. And just this past week, they launched the first four episodes in uh, a series of episodes about bridging the digital divide. And this is a podcast that's actually in partnership with NDIA, the National Digital Inclusion Alliance. And so this is a, this is a fantastic project for them to kind of get the conversation started about what's going on in digital uh, access and digital literacy in the time of COVID-19. So again, this podcast, just like all the other ones I'm talking about, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, you can find it on Spotify, you can find it on Google Podcasts. If you got a smart speaker, just say, you know, hey Google or hey Alexa, play Digital Inclusion Exchange. And you're going to be right there tuning into what's going on with the digital divide. So, I mean, we know not everyone is connected. What are you seeing healthcare providers do, especially now, as, as we were sort of talking before we even came on live, that the local healthcare provider here where we're at said they went from 5% virtual visits to 60 plus percent virtual visits overnight but we know that is leaving out a percentage of our population who can't access that. Are you seeing any unique activities by health providers to help folks get connected? So um, way too few. I've seen way too few efforts by healthcare providers to get connected. I think by and large, uh, a lot of health systems are not aware of how many of their patients are disconnected. You know, and when schools went online overnight, right, schools really had to immediately know which families were and weren't connected because they're breaking the law if they're delivering school online and not, you know, giving everyone equal opportunity to learn. Healthcare doesn't have a mission or a mandate like that. And so from their perspective, oh my gosh, we're connecting with lots and lots and lots of patients through telehealth. That's great. And they have done an amazing job to make this transformation overnight. But I think that there's not nearly enough awareness of who's being left out and what healthcare will connected. I definitely want to shout out Liz Hilliard and Lee Canelli over at Hilliard Studio Method. Uh, we are about 10 episodes deep into the Hilliard Studio podcast. And if you're not familiar with Hilliard Studio Method here in Charlotte, they are a uh, workout studio 
um, that is, uh, uh, it's kind of its own method, uh, hence the name, but it's kind of built off of Pilates and a little bit of uh, plyometrics and everything else. But I'm not going to try and uh, describe it. You should listen to the Hilliard Studio podcast and Liz and Lee themselves will be able to tell you uh, what's going on. But uh, shout out to Liz and Lee. They really came, you know, they, they've really been head on with everything that's happened between COVID, between Black Lives Matter. They have not been afraid of either of those conversations or taking action in either way to to you know create the community that they're looking for so shout out liz lee and uh check out yeah, hilliard studio to podcast. but i think fear can come often from the unknown oh yeah right so this is the first time for example we've experienced this coronavirus i mean i always relate it back to why i've had given birth to two children and the first one was so much scarier just because you have no idea. Right. You've never gone through labor before, delivered before. And the second time you have a little bit of a better idea. So each time you experience something, you are conditioned to learn what it's like. But I think that's the beauty of human nature is that people are so different. The way we handle our lives are so different. So the way we handle everything is going to be different every time. And if you can manage the unknown sort of feelings, there's maybe beauty in that. Well, there is beauty in it, but it's not easy. And yep. um, we as human, our human nature is to have some kind of handle for some reason. We mm. like to have a, like a, well, we know we're going into, for instance, if you're going into a war, a war, World War II, say, or mm-hmm. Vietnam War, not Vietnam as much, because we really didn't know what we were getting into there, there. But at least, you know, this is what we're doing. These are the bad guys. These are the good guys. Here's how we're going to all work it out. Yeah. I think in this virus, um, we don't have definitions of who's got it. Are the tests working? We don't know if you can get it a, you know, number, a number of times. Right. We don't know if we do get it, that we will be one of those lucky ones that just has it and you're okay or not. And I right. think it's just like playing Russian roulette yeah. with nature right now. Sure. So that's the unsuredness. And I think that's the part that has our emotions riding uh, pretty high and low. My friends over at Charlotte Works also have been producing a great podcast about their nonprofit organization and what they do. Uh, They do great work in not only job placement, but job training, job skills and workforce development. So uh, Charlotte Works, you definitely want to check them out. Their podcast is called Engaged, Empowered, Employed. Engaged, Empowered, Employed. And on this Last or on this clip that I'm going to play for you, uh, their COO, Anna London, speaks to Miriam Espiot of Sabor Latin um, Grill and how and they're dealing with like COVID 19 um, disruptions. But moving forward, how can Charlotte Works and NC Works um, continue to help businesses to move past the pandemic um, to really get back to a place of of thriving um, for the business? So helping the businesses thrive as well as getting people back to work. How can we continue to help? I, I believe, you know, continue the education and the awareness of who you are and what you do. Um, educating people about um, the work that you do, the different um, benefits or perks that there are for employers, but also, you know, educating them on, on the the people that are served through NC Works. Um, I know that has helped a lot of, even when I started doing this work, just, you know, hearing the different stories, hearing the success stories, um, you know, understanding that, again, we're just we're dealing with people. We're not, you know, it's not robots. It's not. So we, we're all different and we all have our own background. So that actually helped my own fears and my own biases I may have had about uh, different populations. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, just the more I talked about it, the more normal it became. 
Um, so I think that's very helpful for, for businesses, you know, that may have fears around um, certain populations. If you've been watching WCNC for any length of time here in Charlotte, then you're probably familiar with Colleen Odegaard. Colleen Odegaard is a is a former TV anchor, and now she's actually a certified personal life coach as well. And her podcast has just debuted too. It's called Wake Up to Your Life. Wake Up to Your Life with Colleen Odegaard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Um, Colleen is a very soothing, very reassuring, very calming presence, and that really is translated in her podcast. So uh, she has... Um, she's going to be having some great conversations with a lot of people about all the different things that uh, kind of go into just having a a, a, a clear, mindful uh, life, you know, just being able to be comfortable and be full of peace of mind. So that's the Wake Up to Your Life podcast with Colleen Odegaard. There were countless times that I witnessed my Vietnamese mother taunted and targeted by people in grocery stores or at the mall, at a restaurant, out on the road while she's driving. She would be on the receiving end of many of those stereotypes that you have heard of Asian drivers. My mom's name is Bay, spelled B-E, pronounced Bay, and Bay is a feisty woman, and Bay wouldn't have it when people would be rude to her because of how she looks, um, I would hear her say, you know, you know, like me because I'm from Vietnam. And I remember as a kid feeling, oh, mom, please don't say that. Don't do that. But she was standing up for herself. You know, like me because I'm from Vietnam. And that was met by comments like, what? I can't understand you. Speak English. Why don't you speak English? Go back to your country. We heard that a lot. Go back to your country. At different times in my childhood, we had many of my Vietnamese relatives living in the house that I grew up in, in San Jose, California. My parents still live in that house today. Uh, Those relatives, my mother's family, wanted to leave Vietnam, come to America. So my dad sponsored my mom's family. So we had, at one point, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, their spouses, and a cousin living with us. Different combinations of those folks were living in our home and we didn't have enough bedrooms in the house. So they would sleep on in the living room, on two sofas in the living room and on the living room floor. We had a stack of blankets and sleeping bags and pillows. And every night they would take those out and set up their bed on the floor and in the morning, fold them up neatly and put them back in the corner. And when I think about that and even tell you that story right now, I think about how hard it must have been for them. You know, grown up people, they were probably scared being here in this country and they're sleeping on the floor and, you know, I'm sleeping in my room and I didn't give up my bed or give up my room. My spoiled butt didn't give that up. By the way, uh, in Vietnamese, you say spoiled brat is chung doi. Sometimes my mom <laughs> said that to me when I was a kid. Colleen, you're the chung doi. And I probably was acting like a chung doi, spoiled brat. Anyway, um, so I think that, you know, when I was younger, as a result of seeing my mother mistreated or when I would witness someone become frustrated when trying to communicate with my mom or when my mom would get frustrated trying to communicate with someone and she felt like they weren't understanding her. And I think when I witnessed that happening, that I 
try to identify more with my white roots. My dad is white. And it was, it was like when I was a kid, I didn't want to have to explain to other people about the food that I ate, that my mom was cooking. And last but not least, I do want to shout out the episode that I recorded with DeMarco Blair, Justin LaFrancois, and Shelly Rogier this past week uh, during the Black Lives Matter protests here in Uptown Charlotte. And um, uh, definitely listen to the whole episode yourself. If you haven't listened to it and you're listening to this, then just 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 go listen to it. But uh, DeMarco is a protester who's been in the middle of uh, many of the protests here in Uptown Charlotte. But he's a uh, he came onto the podcast and just had a real genuine conversation and a real heartfelt conversation, too. And um, the clip that I'm going to play for you is just the part that's one of the parts that's stuck with me since that interview where he talks about getting hatred from his own race, never mind white people, but from black people themselves. Uh, I, I think it's easy to become desensitized to all the different ways in which um, in which black people are, 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 are commodified and especially in violent ways in our society. And uh, I think we can really lose sight of the fact that it is a crushing reality for a lot of people to live in uh, to where they uh, just on a daily basis feel beaten down before they've even started their day. Uh, it makes me think what, who, you know, who would DeMarco be if he had been given all the chances that I've been given, right? Who would, what sort of great accomplishments would he have if he had the resources that I have, you know, instead of getting a speeding ticket when I get pulled over, you know, what happens to him? Right. Does he end up spending that night in jail or or worse? Um, that's that's really what's one of the things that uh, out of many that have stuck with me from that interview. But please go listen to that one uh, yourself. Um, so I'm going to leave you guys with that. But thanks again for listening. Um, I'll be back next Friday with uh, some more Gojo content and, uh, you know, really enjoying uh, doing this podcast. Thanks again for listening. I really do appreciate it whenever you guys listen, uh, especially in these first couple of episodes here. So uh, if you're enjoying what I'm doing, tell your friends, share it. Um, and uh, and and it means a lot to me. So that's it for the show tonight, guys. I'm Andy saying drive home safe. Be great every day and tell your loved ones that you love them. I'm out. Well, people not understanding what's going on out here. We're not black people don't only get bashed by white folks. We take a lot of it on from our own kind to what people not saying. So I'm, I'm here to say it. we take a lot. I take a lot from my own black coach. I take a lot for being my size for 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 having these distinct eyebrows, having these low look eyes, they just sets a demeanor of rude looking. They just look at me and just see my eyebrow. They see my eyes low. Automatically think I'm high. Automatically think I'm rude. They see my size. Automatically think, hey, this guy will beat me up. Hey, this guy will take like me. I sit in my neighborhood. I can sit around. A couple of guys be chilling. I guarantee y'all the one guy he gonna say. Bro, you're a big guy. If we get in a fight, I'm going to shoot you. I'm not going to fight you. I'm going to shoot you. And you know that made me feel unprotected. It made me feel not safe. It made, it made me feel real deluded, real 
small and it make me feel like a problem. It made me don't want to go nowhere. It really made me shelter myself and stay away from a lot of people because I feel like I'm not accepted by my own culture or I'm not accepted by whites or I'm not accepted by Latinos. So normally this gave me an opportunity to be the people to see me. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening to The Ghost Show. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor and subscribe to The Ghost Show on your podcast platform of choice. Give us an honest rating and a review. It really helps the podcast appear in other people's feeds and searches. Follow me personally on Twitter at Andy Go and on Instagram at The Gojo. You can find Gojo Studios on both platforms at Gojo Studios. Shoot me your comments and questions about today's episode or what you want to see in a future episode to andy at gojo.com. Finally, check out gojostudios.com for all the latest. The Go Show is created, written, recorded, edited, mixed, mastered, produced, and promoted by Andy Go of Gojo Studios. Music by Harvey Cummings.